everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 13 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. On this podcast, we will showcase alumni from each one of these schools to share their success stories and insights with you. Today's a special day because we're welcoming Pablo Oliveira, an alumnus from Le Roche, who just so happens to be one of my closest friends and former boss. Pablito, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's such an honor for me to be here chatting with you. Of all people, you. <laughs> such a good friend. And like you said, we work together and sharing, sharing a little bit with the students and um, those who are uh, trying to make a decision on whether going to Switzerland for their studies, a little bit about my life while I was there and uh, what it looked like after I, I left school. Sounds good. Okay, why don't we start by letting you introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Sure, so my name is Pablo Oliveira. I'm a native of Brazil and I am the founder of pre and president of Nuage Designs. And what we do is we are a textile design and high-end event rental company. Uh, we curate collections, different uh, product lines that aim to elevate the aesthetics of events. And we are headquartered in Miami, Florida. We also have a satellite operation in Chicago, but we really ship our products all over the U.S. and all over the world, actually. Uh, we have done uh, so many exciting events or collaborated with exciting events in, in Europe, in uh, different parts of Asia, Australia, um, Africa, South America. So the world has kind of become small uh, after we started this business. And we work primarily with event designers, event planners, hotels, uh, luxury brands, and literally anyone who is looking to, to bring a level of sophi uh, sophistication to their events or celebrations. Thank you. Let's start at the beginning of everything. Back when you were exploring the option of studying abroad, why did you end up choosing Switzerland? Well, the, for me personally, the main reason why I chose Switzerland was because once I started contemplating a, a pursuing a education in hospitality, Switzerland really had a reputation for excellence in, in the academics. Um, it was actually the birthplace of hospitality and tourism as we know it today. So I thought, what better place to go than where it all started and the place that really mastered the, um, the training for hospitality. And my thought process was, if I'm going to make such a, a big investment, not, not just financially, but in terms of time, and it's a big decision, it's uh, sure. it, it set the tone for the rest of your life. So why not go to the best? Um, Especially if the goal is to have an international career, then I think there's no better place to go, you know, than some place that receives students from all over the world and, and where companies from all over the world go to recruit. So, and I also, you know, after doing some initial research, I thought that the Swiss method of combining practical training and academics was really a plus uh, because I thought having that, um, you know, the practical classes on campus and also the uh, the extensive experience in internships was going to turn out to be extremely valuable uh, when it came time to uh, to interview for for a job with a company. So looking back, that was my main reason. But of course, like 
the, there were so many bonuses that came with uh, going to Switzerland. Obviously, you have uh, different languages that you can learn. Um, I think also as being the first stop after leaving my family and going to a completely different uh, continent, the fact that Switzerland is such an incredibly safe place, I think it gives the students and the families a, a, a huge peace of mind. Um, and also, I had looked at you know different options for um, of schools, but I thought that going to a smaller uh, a smaller school would allow me to immerse myself in 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 studies and and focus on on learning as opposed to going to a a large city that would bring lots <laughs> too, of too much temptation around right exactly even though like we look you know at the time that i was there sometimes we we all wish that we had a little bit more of, of a city life i now i'm very grateful that the setting was what it was uh, and it really allowed for for focus and let's not even talk about the beauty of the country because it's like i felt like i was living in a postcard for i know for the it's I it, it is. It's it's so gorgeous. And, and I feel like I my thought process was very similar to yours. And I remember safety, as you mentioned, was a big deciding factor for my family because it was going to be my first time living abroad. But yeah, what an incredible experience all around. But let's go straight to the fun part, shall we? What are your absolute favorite Lehosh memories? Oh, boy, there's so many that it's hard to... Uh, to even list. Of course, I think a highlight for everyone is the cultural nights. Uh, I was hoping I was hoping you would bring that up. <laughs> yeah, it was it was something that everyone sort of like looked forward to since the beginning of the semester. Uh, it was always so much fun to see all the students from every country put their you know put their show together and prepare their food and wear their costumes so it was always a lot of fun it's a it's a great opportunity to learn about the other nationalities uh during cultural nights uh but i just love being outdoors we used to go hiking i was in school primarily in the in the summer semester mm -hmm. so i just love to go hiking and uh, we went rafting a few times which gave us lots of laughs, <laughs> um, I have great memories from uh, just going to some well-deserved drinks at Saint Nick's yeah. uh, on the weekends and uh, savoring some fondue at Petit Paradis. So there's just so many things that, uh, you know, I look back and, and, and are memories that I'm going to take with me forever. Yeah, too many to mention, like you said. But uh, you were, weren't you involved in dancing Lambada at Cultural Night, if I remember it correctly? I was. <laughs> yeah, the good old days, the good old days. Well, you're still a very good dancer, so I feel that some things haven't changed. Uh, academically speaking, what were some of your favorite subjects? Did you prefer academics or the practical classes? I, I was more of an academics guy. Um, but I have to say I had a lot of fun in my practical classes. Um, I want to say that some of actually some of my best memories are, you know, go back to some hysterical situations that uh, we all experienced in our kitchen. In the year. kitchen. yeah. When we were taking our first steps, learning how to cook and how to operate an, uh, you know, uh, uh, an oven and and um, work as a team to prepare uh, food in the line like that. So I had some, uh, I have some hysterical situations that I, you know, that I can think of. 
But funny moments aside, I, I, I really cherish all the moments that we spent in the kitchen and in service because I think that's really uh, when we learn to work as a team. So that's really when what sets the tone for our uh, future professional life is when you are in that kitchen line working as a team, preparing food or serving. Uh, I think that's, that builds a, a great foundation for the future. Very true. And speaking of kitchen and food, were you an a la carte or salle à manger kind of guy? I have to say that I, whatever opportunity I had to go to the a la carte, I did. Um, you know, I mean, let's go back and, you know, remember that I, I got to school when I had just turned 18. So for me, going to the a la carte was like the beginning of adult life and socializing and going to like fine. That, that was my our version of, of going to fine dining. So I really enjoy that um, for that reason, but also I love to um, just observe and make sure that, you know, when it was my turn to go to the a la carte, I would be doing things right. So I would go like with a notepad and take notes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, sure that, I, that I would not repeat some of the mistakes. Um, I went a few I, times I also, myself when we had to do a, a Gehidon service just to, you know, I'm like, yeah, let was, me watch someone else do it first before I bomb this. I was just going to say that I love to give my my uh, my friends a hard time when I went because I would always order the, the most complicated dishes. I always got the steak tartare that they had to mix in the eggs and make the toast. I remember more than once that uh, whoever was ser serving us or serving our table burned the toast. So they had to redo the <laughs> remake the toast. Yeah. Uh, always got the, the, the fish. So they had to come and fillet on the Gary Don, which by the way, I don't think I've, I ever saw a Gary Don again in my <laughs> life after I left school, but I just think it's cool that they keep the, uh, that tradition going. And, um, you know, it, uh, so that it, you know, every student has a chance to experience what it used to be. And, you know, that's a, that's such a classic, uh, style of service that I, I think it's cool that they keep it alive. Yeah. And, and just to put it in context for those who weren't in the school in the mid 90s, like we were, Salle Manger is now called Marketplace. And that's the school's main dining room, which offers a preset menu. And a la carte is now called Roots. And that's the fine dining option. Although I would argue that even the main dining room is pretty, is pretty high end. You know, I mean, we're having Magret de Canard, Carré d'Agneau, Volovan on a daily basis. I mean, let's be clear. This is not your average school cafeteria. The food is, the food is pretty phenomenal, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, both were fun. I just, uh, you know, I just thought that the... Um, a la carte was obviously a, a more unique experience uh, in terms of the setting and the, and the style of service. But I, I definitely enjoyed both. Yeah, same here. How about internships? Where did you do yours and did you learn any other languages? I did. So I, I did both my internships in Geneva. Mm -hmm. uh, and I chose Geneva because, one, I was already going to school in a more, uh, in a smaller setting like Bluch. So I wanted to go and experience more um, uh, uh, a city life in, in, in Switzerland. But also I had taken some French when I was in, in high school. So I definitely wanted to become more fluent in French. So that's why I took both my internships there. Um, one, the first one was at the, at the time it was called the Naga Hilton. I believe now it's become the Fairmont Grand. Yeah. Uh, and then at the Metropole is where I did my kitchen internship. 
uh, which turned out to be uh, patisserie or pastry internship. I spent most of my time making uh, chocolate mousse and uh, <laughs> and, and, and did flan, it... all the good stuff. And did doing both internships in Geneva help improve your French? Oh, it definitely did. It definitely did. Yes. Yeah. Looking back, do you think you got what you had hoped for from the school? I remember my hopes were to learn new languages, explore Europe and land a good job after graduation. And I honestly feel that I did get all of them. Absolutely, I think. And I think the more time goes by and we advance in our careers and we achieve our aspirations, the more we will look back and we thank the school for, for our success. And whether, whether you're pursuing a career or opening your own business, the time in school, I think it's a great foundation to, to build upon. So I think in terms of um, career, I definitely uh, got what I was hoping for at the end of my time in, in, in school. But I think it just, it goes really beyond the academics and the, uh, and the professional life. I think, um, you know, while you're there, you really make friends for life. And the great thing about it is that you make friends in, you know, that are living in all places around the world. So it's, it's great. It's a, it's a great benefit to after school, be able to go and visit them and, uh, and see the world, you know, through, through them. Uh, there's, there's no better way to visit a place than having someone that is from the area, take you around and, 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 and show you, um, you know, with, with their perspective. Yeah, and I like how you mentioned that it's so much more than academics. It really is. I I remember meeting, you know, classmates from countries I had never even heard of before, you know? Mm -hmm. And I felt like it really taught me how to be a better person more than anything, regardless of this being a hotel school or whatever it was, just the fact that it was so multicultural and you're, you know, doing projects and you're like five, six, seven nationalities involved in that in that project. You just learn how to compromise really quickly, learn to identify individual strengths. And, and there were just so many side bonuses or side benefits, as, as you were saying. And the fact that you are the perfect example that, you know, these skills are 100% transferable to other businesses and that, you know, you're not limited to just hospitality. The, the opportunities are, are endless, in my opinion, wouldn't you say? I couldn't agree more. I think uh, we live in a world today that is experience based. So we're all, you know, every single business is looking at how they can create experiences to their customers. So I think uh, a training in hospitality is the uh, epitome of, of providing that sort of experience. So I think uh, there can't be better training than hospitality training to, to provide that. Let's talk about discipline. The school does have, does hold its students to pretty high standards. I mean, you show up to class late, you have to work extra duty on weekends, you men don't properly shave, you get sent back to your room, you want to miss class, you need a note from the nurse. There's a lot of rules. Do you think they help prepare us succeed in highly structured companies? Absolutely. And I think it all comes down to learning discipline. I think that um, those that don't have that, uh, you know, quickly get a, a, a wake up call when they go into the marketplace because they will realize all the missed opportunities for lacking discipline. 
And it's also about the fact that you, it's not just enough to be good at what you do, but you have to look the part, you have to act the part. Uh, it, it just shows how serious and committed you are to your own success. Um, we rarely have uh, a second chance in, in making a great first impression. So I think that, um, you know, it just, it, it really comes down to showing how committed you are to success. I remember this one situation that uh, it was it was whiteout conditions outside. It was snowing. We had like six feet of snow, and I was racing to school. It was um, exam date, so I was rushing to uh, to um, go up the stairs to go to the classroom to take my exam. And Mr. Carpenter was standing right in the middle of the stairs. And as I'm making my way up, he stops me and he says, "Oh, you can't go up. Your shoes are dirty." go go back and polish your shoes and i was like but wait it's snowing outside the the, the test is going to start it was like i don't care i will not let you in unless you have clean shoes and you know at the time i was like oh that's so absurd you know that's too much like why <laughs> you know it's snowing outside. but now that i you know in retrospect um if you are applying for a position and you are com com you know we're living in a highly competitive world professional world out there and if you if you show up to an interview with uh, muddy shoes, you know, versus someone who is showing up with uh, in, impeccable, uh, you know, impeccably dressed and and uh, and groomed, then guess who's going to get that job? You know, exactly. and on the on the reverse side, as an employer, I want to make sure that I'm hiring hiring team members that are going to represent the company the best. Yeah. So that's why I think it's so important. And I'm very grateful that we had that sort of uh, strict training because I think uh, um, it really set everyone up for success. I, I totally agree. I remember thinking at the time, you know, these are so strict, you know, it's it's too much. And then you leave school and, you know, I went off, I started working for the Ritz Carlton right away. And I was like, hold on, this is, this is real life. This is what, you know, is waiting for us afterwards. So like you, I am glad that they had it that way and that they set us up to be ready and thrive wherever it was, even in the most strict of work environments, uh, nothing was going to be stricter than Mr. Carpenter waiting for us <laughs> up the stairs. <laughs> um, you recruited three alumni for your company, Carolina Calderon in sales, me in operations, and Cynthia Ratman over in Europe. What were some of the benefits of hiring Lehosh graduates? Well, uh, before we even get to that, the, the reason why I even started this company or, or have this company was through another alumni, my friend Juni Kai, who... Um, at the time was looking for someone to partner with her to uh, start a business together. So the very reason why I'm here is because of another LaRoche um, graduate. And we, we, we started another version of the company that I, that I have today. Um, but I, I think that um, having gone through the rigorous training that we went to in school, and done the internships we all did and acquired the professional experience that we all had. I think all of that just sets everyone up for success in whatever uh, we take on. So I, I know that Liroche graduates are no strangers to hard work. Um, 
And I, I, you know, I just think that they're really willing to do whatever it takes to succeed. One, of, I think that's actually one of the traits that I know many employers appreciate in Limbosch graduates is their hands-on approach. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's that's the reason why. I am glad we worked out well for you. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you this. When, when I'm promoting our schools and I'm telling stories about how we get to keep this incredible network of friends for life, your wedding always comes to mind. You had guests from Le Roche and Glion, and it really felt like a mini reunion. Was it special to have your friends from school fly in from different parts of the world to share that moment with you? It was incredibly special. Um, like I said before, you, when you are in school, you're really making friends for life. And, uh, and my wedding, I think it was testament, uh, of that no matter where you, I think that no matter where you go personally or professionally, uh, Le Roche will forever be that bond that, you know, keeps you together with your friends. It's a, it's just an amazing journey that we all got to experience together. And it's a, it's a, It's something we'll treasure for life. I share the same sentiment. Now, switching gears to your professional life, you've done events for the Obamas, the Clintons, the White House, and countless celebrities. Is there a particular event that is special to you? Uh, wow. They were all so meaningful to me. Um, the... Of course, when we collaborated with uh, with this one client at the Chelsea Clinton's wedding, it was the first very, very high profile event um, that uh, we took part of. And the funny thing is that I we I had absolutely no idea that we were working uh, in that event until something sort of like funny happened, which was this client was um, putting together a sample presentation and they had um, ordered samples of our products to, to be delivered for that meeting with, uh, with, the, with the Clintons. And um, the day of the meeting, uh, we got a call, a frantic call saying that they had just opened the box and they had made a mistake and they meant to order uh, a particular sample and they, uh, what they received was something else uh, because of some miscommunication and they called and they said, what can we do while our meeting is at 5 p.m.? And meanwhile, this meeting is in New York and we are based in Miami. I said, well, the, the, fastest, the fastest service that I can send is overnight so you can have it tomorrow. And they were like, no, the meeting is at 5 p.m. So make a long story short, obviously, um, you know, after my extensive training in luxury hospitality, we do, we go the extra mile to please <laughs> our customers. So. Less than an hour later, I had someone at the airport uh, ready to board the flights to take the, the correct sample uh, and hand deliver to that meeting. Uh, of course, like we have no idea who the meeting is with or what the meeting is for. All I know is that I'm trying to uh, fix a problem that my client had. So this girl that was working for me at the time arrives at the hotel and uh, hand delivers the, the sample. And as she's exiting, She sees the, the security arriving, the, the secret services arriving, and then she sees the, the, the family arriving. And then she immediately calls me and says, oh, you have no idea how important <laughs> this was. So that's how the whole thing came about. So uh, 
you know, so that was uh, obviously in, uh, 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 an important event that we did at the time, a very high profile event, but there were so many. And I think that uh, rather than just like a celebrity wedding, I really like to uh, be part of events that are, um, you know, political in nature or things that are going to go down in the history books. Like when we did the inauguration for the, uh, for the Obama administration, uh, there was another interesting situation that we sent linens for an event that is today is known as the 2017 Saudi Arabian purge, which was an event that the crown prince uh, had 200 royals arrested at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in, in Riyadh uh, for corruption charges and things like that. So it was like a big uh, political event that took place in Saudi Arabia and they were all dining on our <laughs> On our linens. <laughs> so I, I find those to be much more interesting uh, conversation topics than just the latest celebrity wedding that we do. The, the first example you gave uh, uh, sounds, you know, really rings a bell to me because I personally flew out to deliver a linen for a Preston Bailey sample, remember? You in, did. I remember that. In yes. New York. And I remember the linen had to be there at five o'clock and no joke, I delivered that at 4.55. And I remember calling you saying, you know, we made it. I don't even remember what event it was for. Um, it was a royal wedding. like a, a, I think it was a royal room. wedding. Yeah. And. And, and we made it there on time. So I, I can attest that these stories <laughs> are absolutely true. Um, Pablo, something that stands out to me personally about you is that you seem to have mastered the art of making financial crisis work in your favor. 20 years ago, when 9-11 struck, you used the opportunity of losing your job to become an entrepreneur. And now in 2020, when COVID paralyzed the events industry, you decided to expand your facilities. Are you operating on a different iOS than the rest of us? Or do you secretly freak out and have a plan B in case your instincts fail you? <laughs> I think a little bit of both. Uh, I do have to admit that I, I, am, I have more of a calm nature and I manage to keep my cool in, in, in very desperate situations, um, even though internally I'm freaking out, but I just don't express that. Uh, but I, I really believe that there is things that I have control of and things that I do not have control of. So obviously it's a complete waste of time to um, freak out about things that you have absolutely no control of. I prefer to take my time and put my effort into analyzing, I'm a very analytical person, and um, make sure that I'm making the right decisions on what I have control of. Uh, in this particular case, um, uh, when COVID started, my focus was to make sure that I made decisions that would keep us afloat until the other side. Obviously, it was very difficult to think of the other side when you turn on the TV and all you hear is talks about essential essential work and non-essential work. So of course, in the uh, food chain of essential uh, things that are essential, we are uh, in practical terms, you know, on the very bottom, just because it's um, of, of, of the nature of what's defined as essential work. But um, so it was defi definitely difficult to see 
you know, my work of 18 years, a company that I had spent 18 years building, and then all of a sudden to be labeled as non-essential. Um, but there was this one episode that really, it was an, uh, very eye-opening to me uh, because as I'm feeling so non-essential in the middle of COVID, I, at the time I had furloughed a lot of our employees because there was absolutely no, no work and, and all the events were uh, on hold for an extended period of time. But this one delivery driver uh, came to me one day, I was in the warehouse and, uh, you know, uh, periodically they would come and help me out with, uh, with different things in the warehouse uh, when we were closed. So he came to me and he said, I need to ask you for a favor. It's my daughter's birthday. It's her, it's, she's turning two this weekend. Can I borrow a few things like a beautiful tablecloth and a couple of beautiful chairs? And uh, just so we have that memory of her, of her birthday. And I was like, of course, sure. And, you know, he took the items and then uh, a few days later he came back and he was, oh, thank you so much. It was so special. And he was showing me photos of it. And it was only then that I realized how essential we are, because what is to live without making memories? Sure. You know, what is to live without going to like that exotic destination that you always dreamed of going all your life and, and creating those um, life memories? So I, you know, that's when I realized that we were definitely an essential uh, industry, you know, travel and, and, and events and celebrations are more, much more essential than, than we can think of. And that's what really gave me the assurance that there was a much brighter side at the end of this. And that's really what gave me the confidence of like moving forward with, with expansion plans that we had even before the pandemic. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that we did that because now we are seeing such pent up demand and, and things have just exploded in terms of, uh, thankfully, you know, have, things have come back. Uh, much stronger than they were. Um, and on the flip side of that, there were, if, you know, making such a move like that to uh, a 50,000 square foot facility would have been much harder to do in a, if we had um, our normal volume of business. So it was, it was good that we had the opportunity uh, to execute that move. And I'm happy we did it because now we're on the other side of it and we're not, completely counting victory, but we're definitely uh, on a, on a better, on the better side of the, of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's nice to hear how sometimes the motivation or inspiration that you need comes from the least expected places and interaction with, with an employee, uh, a picture that you see. And um, I like how special that is. Yeah. It's, it's the industry of making dreams come true. So what could be more essential than that? Right. And, and the, the funny thing about it is that industries have come and gone because of technological advancements. Uh, industri whole industries have become obsolete. But if there's one thing, if you think about it, that it hasn't really changed, the fundamentals haven't changed, are travel, tourism, and, uh, and events. People have, have and always will uh enjoying doing that like i said it's what life is about so there's no virtual reality that is going to replace uh even though we're right now talking uh virtually yeah. but there's nothing like being in person and uh, living those moments in person yeah the industry definitely got creative with the virtual galas and everything but like you're saying 
nothing is ever going to be as good as the as the human contact. So I, I agree. And, and I'm happy that, you know, that that will continue to work in your advantage. Is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew when we were still in school that perhaps would have influenced your professional choices? I can't think of anything particularly. Um, I think if anything, I would say just being a little bit more open to different opportunities. Um, not that I think that it's a bad thing if you go there and you have a goal, which in my case, I, I, I thought when I went to La Roche, I thought that what I really wanted was to be the general manager of a five-star hotel. I think we all, or most of us go there with that mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, But I think, like you mentioned, nowadays, everyone wants to be their own boss and they want to be more entrepreneurial. And uh, there's so much in terms of technology that is taking place in hospitality. So there's just so many avenues that you can take that I think, um, you know, for everyone uh, going to school right now, I think keeping those avenues and those options open is is a good thing. But I am happy that I didn't know then what I what I know now because I think everything in life has its time uh, and each lesson comes at a, at a time and at a place uh, to to teach you something so I'm just grateful of whatever mistakes I made or or anything that I didn't know then that I know now and all the people that I, I have come across I think all of that has uh, has a reason to happen and uh, I'm grateful for all of that I like that outlook. And finally, I can't believe we're here at the very end of the podcast. So what advice would you offer students who are just arriving on campus now? My advice would be study hard, play hard, make friends for life, enjoy every minute of the what's going to be the best four years of your life. And don't forget to polish your shoes. <laughs> Pablito, I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for for supporting the podcast and and joining us to share your insights and your story with us. I really, really appreciate it. If any of our listeners wish to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn? Yes, absolutely. And I uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions or share uh, any more information they wish to uh, to know from me. And uh, thank you so much again. This was fun. And uh, it brought back so many uh, great memories from my time in school. It did for me too. And if any of our listeners have any other questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, feel free to email me at carla at swisslearning.com. Thank you. And until next time. <laughs>